Welcome to Women Inseparable with author and speaker Jacqueline Palmer. In the Light is a nine-week study where we'll see the power and presence of light seen throughout Scripture. Here's Jacqueline. This week we're doing Light of the Eyes. This is our study today. In our In the Light study, we're doing a title called The Light of the Eyes. I just got done. I just got back. I got home from home. Anybody else know what that means? You got two different locations that feel 100% like home. Your people, your church, your life, everything feels like home. I was born and raised in Las Vegas, Nevada. Lived there for 36 years. And I'm now 45 and have lived here all those years. This place is home. This church is home. My girls are home. Love this place. I got to fly home over the weekend. And I got to pack a little suitcase because it's warm. I didn't need a sweatshirt. (laughs) I didn't need a coat. My little green coat stayed in my closet here. I didn't need anything. So I started with my shoes. What am I going to take? I get to go to Las Vegas for the weekend. And this is me praying since last week for the light of the eyes study for today. And I'm packing my suitcase and I'm like, oh, oh, shoes are the light of my eyes. Like, and I'm not joking. I am a shoe girl. I love my shoes. I had this tiny little suitcase, my little travel suitcase. I put, well, no, I wore one pair. I had three pairs of shoes in that suitcase for a short four day trip. (laughs) It's not like I was moving back home. One of the shoes I wore, I took specifically for Sunday morning, five inch. Spike peep toe stilettos. You know when you like go out without riding a bike and you wonder, do I still know how to do this? Because it's been winter for 52 years. I pull into my church, Southern Hills Baptist Church in Las Vegas. I'm driving my friend's brand new Honda Civic. So A, that's fun. It's fast. And it's Las Vegas. The speed limits are, you know. Uh Uh-huh. You've been. So I park my car, his car. And I'm, I don't drive with shoes on. So I pop my shoes on. I step out of the car and my feet just smile. (laughs) Oh, oh, they just smiled. My calves were like, we're home. And I walked into my church, (laughs) saw some people that I knew, saw a lot of people I didn't know. I'm in my shoes. This is 8.30 in the morning for first service. Stayed for 8.30 service, stayed for the 10 o'clock service, stayed for the 11.30 service. This whole time, I'm standing and talking to people, walking up and down the stairs. I am just in my glory, light of the eyes, 100%. We leave church, go to lunch. Got my shoes on. I wore those shoes from 8.30 till 3.30. Oh, it was good. The next day I got to fly home and I got to fly home and my husband was gonna pick me up. That's fun. So I had another pair of, I purposely took these boots, four inch, boots to wear on the airport airplane so I can come home and see my husband. I'm walking around McCarran Airport, flying into Boise, waiting for my husband in a snowstorm. (laughs) 
my feet were so happy. I'm sitting in the airport watching shoes pass, and I was, I'm thinking, am I the one that's wrong? <laughs> Don't judge people that wear high shoes, let me just say that. Sometimes we're addicted. Sometimes we don't care if they're uncomfortable. Sometimes they just make us feel so good. I get home. The next morning I woke up, my stiletto muscle, I don't know, somebody in the medical world would call it something different. My stiletto muscle didn't want to be used. I couldn't like stand on my left leg. I, every time I got up to move, I'd have to like loosen it a little bit and then keep on walking. Remember the time I said I'm 45? So my teenage son is in the kitchen doing a thing and I stand up and I do my thing, right? And he looks at me and he knows his mother and I told him, you know, stilettos to church on Sunday and my black boots and he knows what I'm talking about. On Monday, he's like, he said, I think my leg wasn't happy with it because I slept for a year, right? So my muscles are a little weak. He looks at me and he goes, was it worth it? <laughs> and I go, Psh, yeah. <laughs> my house I've been walking around on my tiptoes because if I'm on my tiptoes my stiletto leg doesn't hurt if I'm flat-footed it hurts so I've been slowly trying to I'm a disaster <laughs> all that to say the light of the eyes we all have it I don't know if anybody else in here I know somebody else in here shares that that light of the eyes with stilettos <laughs> did you hear that giggle that was my sister over there that's declaring that one I'm not the only one whose eyes light up when you go into a shoe store. When you hold that shoe and you put it on like Cinderella and you're like, Prince, no Prince. Mama's got her shoes. It's a good thing. If somebody asked you, what is the light of your eye? What would you say? Flowers, babies, Lord have mercy. You're amazing. <laughs> That's great. Light of the eyes. What's your light of the eyes? Uh-huh. Shout them out. Yeah, I've got something. Somebody grabbed me and said I made something for your son. I don't think that boy's going to see it. <laughs> we all have light of the eyes, and it's good. It's good. We were created and designed in the image of God, weren't we? God has a light in his eyes. Do you know what the light of his eyes is? Yeah. It's the very thing he gave his son for. Of all his creation, of everything that was said in this room, the flowers, the moon, the trees, God favors us over all of his creation. We are the light of God's eyes. And we were created in his image, and we were all created to have a light of the eyes as something that makes us smile. Something when you're having that conversation with a friend and you know that conversation has to come to an end because responsibility has to happen, but then this topic comes up and you're like, okay, I got 35 more minutes. <laughs> Whatever that is. And it's so diverse and so unique and so individual. Mine, shoes. Others, watercolor. You say the thing and you know, oh, that's the light of your eyes. You could say the word cricket. And some people like drip with happiness. 
Some of us think of like a bug and we look shocked, but apparently there's this machine that makes the funnest noise, let me just tell you, and it makes stuff magically. I don't know. We all have our thing, light of the eyes. Today we're gonna talk about that. So if you can wrap your head around you for just a moment. Think about what makes your eyes sparkle. Think about it. You might have one thing. You might have 12. What is that thing? Are you picturing it? I know you are because the smiles. And what is that thing that lights up your eye? When the day you're sick, you know those sick days? And you're like, I just need that thing. What would be that thing that light up your eyes? That's what we're going to talk about today. I knew... <laughs> This has happened a couple of times. I knew we were going to do the sowers, the sower, the seeds today until about 8.39 this morning. So for fun, if you would like to, read Matthew 13. That's where I knew we were going to do today. When Jesus says about that parable right in the middle, he says, those that have eyes see, those that have ears hear and understand and I was so focused on that word understand, and I pray that we focus on that because that is makes what the, makes the difference. We see the things that light up our eyes, and that's good. That's good. That's your creation. Keep that. Don't lose the light in your eyes. Favor that. God has designed you to have that light in your eyes. Have that light in your eyes. But we want to learn how to apply that understand to that light. Does that make sense? It makes it deeper. And if we were to go into Matthew 13, we would see that how this makes it different with the different seeds. There's four different seeds that all receive the same thing. They all saw the same thing. They all retained the same light in the eyes, but only one understood. And that one that understood made all the difference in their life. That's the one that fruit came. So seeing is one thing. Having that light in the eyes is one thing, but having that light in the eyes and understanding, fruit comes from it. Even from that, that thing that's on your heart, that thing that is making you smile on the inside, the thing that has taken your, your focus away because you're so busy thinking about that thing, that you're like, oh yeah, we're in scripture study. Let me come back. Our, our thoughts trail away. God uses that thing to produce fruit. Can you even visualize that? Some of us, we know. We've seen God use our thing, our skills, our talents, our hobbies, our abilities, our favorite things. God has, we have seen God turn those into fruit-bearing items, but some of us have not. And we wonder inside of our head, how in the world can God get my thing that I love so much and produce fruit out of that? That's just my hobby. That's just my thing that makes me smile. How can God produce fruit out of that? And it happens when you understand. The word today is perception. Perception. It makes all the difference in the world. All the difference. Every single thing that we have in front of us can be seen eternally or can be seen physically. And they're both our light of the eyes. Every single thing we see physically, everything. A light in the eyes in my world is my husband. You've heard me gush a couple of times. There is a couple of times I gush so much that I asked Gail to cut it so my husband didn't get embarrassed. Sometimes I gush about this man. 
he's the light of my eyes. And I learned a lesson this last weekend, and we'll get to that. Hopefully, if not, ask me later. But I learned a lesson about the light of the eyes when it comes to a human, like your husband, like your mother, like your best friend, that roommate that you favor so sweetly, that child, that grandchild. Those are God-given gifts. Those are natural lights. We can look at them physically, and that's good. And then we can look at them eternally, and that's perception. That's understanding. That's when fruit can come from that, and it's powerful. So we're going to learn today through Scripture what to do with the light of our eyes. Don't lose the light of your eyes. It makes you unique. So it makes you so beautiful, so talented, so you. Don't lose that light in your eyes. You are created in the image of God. That's who you are. God wants you to have that light. Let's pray. And then we're going to go to Matthew chapter 16. Dear Heavenly Father, oh Lord God, you are so good. I thank you so much for being the one who answers our prayers. I thank you so much for being the one that unites us as girlfriends, that unites us as sisters in Christ, that we can circle around someone in need. I thank you, Lord, that these, that these women, that these, these girls in this room do exactly that. I thank you for the unity of prayer. I thank you for the unity of praise, the unity of worship, the unity of love for scripture. I pray that your scripture will come to light today. I pray that you'll help us to open up our eyes, to open up our ears. And I pray more so, Lord, that we will see, that we will hear and above all else. Father God, I pray that you'll help us to understand. Oh, that our perception will change. Our perception makes and breaks so much. Sometimes it hurts others, our perception. Sometimes it hurts ourself. And I pray today, freedom freedom and a newness in the way we perceive life, perceive ourselves and perceive you, sweet Jesus. I pray that you will silence my words if I want to get too personally giggly. Lord, I got a giggle inside of me today and I pray that you will use it for your glory and silence it when it's not useful or beneficial in any way. I pray that your word, your scripture alone will be seen. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Matthew 16, don't lose the light in your eyes as we read scripture. Matthew 16, verse 13. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, visualize that, be part of this conversation. Do you see yourself next to Peter or Matthew or Judas or whomever you are standing next to? And Jesus asks his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And the disciples said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, you know, or one of the prophets. Jesus said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, powerful words. He said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus said something over Simon that had to have blown Simon away. He said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, exclamation mark. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. 
Remember, this is before the Holy Spirit came in Acts. This is a personal message between God and Peter, and Peter declared it. Verse 18, he says, and I tell you, Jesus says, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And then he said, don't say a word. Don't say a word. Powerful conversation between Jesus and the disciples and between Jesus and Peter. If Peter was asked on this day, what is the light of your eyes? What would he say? Jesus. Jesus was the light of his eyes. And as he looked at Jesus as the light of his eyes, thinking about the rock, thinking about the church, thinking about the gates of hell, thinking about the keys, do you think he had a couple of questions? A couple of like, whoa, that's so big. I don't know what that means. But he was so focused on Jesus, so focused on Jesus. Same time. Keep reading. Keep that, that conversation in our hearts as we continue in scripture. Matthew 16, verse 21 says, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and that he must suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes, the heartbreak when religion blinds you from Jesus. Jesus was telling them that I, the son of man must be killed and on the third day be raised. Verse 22 says this, and Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him saying, far be it from you, Lord, exclamation mark. There's a little bit of emotion being expressed. This shall never happen to you. But he turned. Jesus turned and he said to Peter a very powerful statement to the rock, to the church who had the keys he said, get behind me, Satan. You're a hindrance to me. Yeah. Is that a roller coaster? Ever have one of those moments in your life where God's like, I, I love you. I want you. I need you. He do this. And you're like, that's my call. That's what I get to do. I get to use my abilities for you. I get to use my gifts for you. I get to use my talents for you. I get to sing for you. I get to do the children's ministry for you. I get to for you and you're on a cloud and you've got questions and you're thinking this is too big for me, but I'm so excited and I want to do. And then Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Do you think Peter had a couple of questions? Jesus, why are you so rude? Why'd you say that to me? He explains exactly that. Remember the light in your eye and remember the word perception. Here's what Jesus says to Peter. He says, get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Peter's light in his eyes, you said in unison, was Jesus. And Jesus was teaching him something so important. He said, yes, Peter, I am Jesus. You are seeing me in the flesh. You are seeing in my humanity. But this is not it. There's more. There's more. And Peter could look at Jesus in the flesh, physically, 
and get blessed and filled and good. Everything is good. His light in the eyes was correct. The problem was he didn't know how to look at Jesus eternally. So everything that he wanted from Jesus ended at death. Everything he wanted with Jesus, every relationship, every protection, every word, every conversation, every everything that Peter wanted with Jesus, he was only looking about the here and the now on earth. Where Jesus says on earth as it what? Is in heaven. There's always, always eternal vision. Always eternal vision. And that's where our perception comes in. Jesus says you have to change your perception. You have to. Look at me physically. Follow me. Learn from me. Do for me. Work. But it's not about earth. It's not about earth. It's not about earth. Your success is not on our relationship right here, right now. Your success is eternal. And for your success in me, with me eternally, I have to die. I have to be buried. I have to rise again three days later. He says, I have to. And if I don't, our relationship ends in the dust. Think about your person. When I asked the light of your eyes, there were a lot of people mentioned. Grandchildren, other people's babies. <laughs> we, human relationship is so important, isn't it? Isn't it God's creation? God created us and designed us to need personal relationship. Scientifically, we as women, this is fascinating to me. Scientifically, there is a piece in our brain that is empty without girlfriends. God created a woman to need female relationship. Isn't that beautiful? That is a blessing from God. It's not where success sits. It's not where our end sits. So a girlfriend and I in this room can engage and have a great, great conversation. We can pray for each other. We can praise with each other. We can hold each other's hands. We can lift each other up. We can do our thing. But if we're only doing that on the physical, then that relationship dies in the dust. That same relationship can be covered in prayer and covered in praise and holding each other's hands and do the same exact thing. And if we do it with an eternal vision, with the perspective of we want to produce fruit from our relationship, then you get the joy on earth as it is in heaven. Think of that person. Could you imagine fruit coming from that relationship? I have a girlfriend. Her name is Kelly. I got to stay with her over the weekend. I met this girl when she was 16. I was 19. We were doing the WANA program together. I've talked about her a couple of times before. I was the director. She was one of my leaders. So we met. We met serving Jesus. Over the years, we have um, painted our nails together often. Silly, isn't it? Do you know what has happened over those times? Drinking hot tea and painting our nails. Eternal vision. While doing things that we both love doing. We both love doing. Drinking a hot drink. Painting our nails. Our friendship was eternal and physical simultaneously. Because over nail polish and over coffee and over hot tea, our conversation started rooting deeper and deeper scripture conversations. We weren't sitting at a coffee shop and having, well, what do you think about Matthew 16, 13? We were having like, oh, I read this in scripture. What, can you, deep conversations. 
something I don't ever say. I've had two fasting partners in my life. Those are things you cherish inside of your heart that you don't share with people. This is what we do in this room, don't we? I share a lot with you girls. Kelly and I started fasting together, uh, maybe in our early 30s, her late 20s, because I'm older. We fasted together over something big, and God moved a mountain. And we thought, oh, let's do that again. So we did that again. We've seen answers to prayer that blow our minds, blow our minds. She and I have been fasting together for 10, 15 years. She is one of my two fasting partners I have had in my life. Our relationship benefits earth. It benefits earth. Our friendship benefits heaven. That is a huge sentence to say. Do you imagine saying that over your person, that my relationship with this person benefits heaven? That's huge. Kelly is a light in my eyes. When I see her, I literally giggle. You know the LOL? I giggle out loud. She is a light in my eyes, has been since I was a teenager. It's a sweet relationship. We want our relationship more than, more than earth. We want it heaven bound. So while we were talking this past weekend, I stayed with her at her house. We were talking and I told her something that I always say, something my husband always says about me. He says, you always view people's success and our success, he says about us based on our marriage and on children. I'm like, you're right. I come from a dysfunctional home. Strong marriage says a lot to me. Raising up children means a lot to me. That's just me. That's my personal perception. So I'm just saying, you know, you find your catchphrases and you say them all the time whenever you're with your people. So I'm with Kelly and I tell her my success is in my marriage and in my, ch my son. 21 years of marriage. My son is 16. I'm so proud of my family. I go to bed at two o'clock that morning because you don't go to bed earlier than two o'clock when you're with your girlfriends and I'm crawling in bed at two o'clock and God's like on your knees now. I'm laying there, I'm like, can we talk <laughs> in bed? I got on my knees and I opened up my Bible and I'm praying and God's like, don't ever say that again. Don't ever say that again. He says, your husband is a blessing from me. It's not eternal. And the scripture passage crossed my head. There's no marrying in heaven. My marriage to Don Palmer is physical. It's earthly. It's not eternal. As heartbreaking as it is to my wife's heart, he will not be my husband for all of eternity. Scripturally, he won't. So what does that mean? It means I need to favor my relationship with my husband, but I don't need to make that my standing ground. My standing ground is the fruit that benefits heaven. What fruit from my marriage can benefit heaven? Let me live with my husband. Let me love my husband. Let me do everything scripturally that tells me to do with my husband, but that's not my success. My success is the fruit that comes from it that benefits heaven. Does that make sense? Perception. Light of the eyes. Don't quit on the light of your eyes. Shameful if I go to my husband and say, nah, you're out. <laughs> He is the light of my eyes. He will always be the light of my eyes. And I pray that severely that he'll always be the light of my eyes. 
but it's got to be eternal. My perception has to be looking at him on earth as it is in heaven. And then God and I, so I'm repenting and talking to God and please forgive me and strengthen me in this area. And then he mentions my son. I'm like, <laughs> but he's the light of my eyes. And he says, that boy is a gift from me. He's here. Your relationship with your son ends in the dust until you look at it with a perception of heaven. You've got to look at the perception of heaven. Let fruit come from your mothering. That becomes your prayer. When you look at your husband, when you look at your relationship, when you look at your, that person that you're thinking about, pray that fruit can come from it. Pray that fruit can come from it. And sometimes we're going to see that fruit on this side of heaven. Sometimes we're going to see the fruit once we get to heaven. We'll see all things when we get to heaven. First Corinthians 13 declares this truth. Until that day, we have to figure out what does that look like to look at the light of our eyes, whether we're talking about a great, amazing, leathery pair of stilettos or a human being or anything in between. How can you change your vision from physical to heavenly? How can you do that? The answer is going to be different for all of us, but that's something we have to do. Jesus says, if you have eyes to see, see. Don't lose that light in your eyes. If you have ears to hear, hear and understand. Have that perception of, I love this that much. I want to see what God can do. I want to see what fruit he can pour from this. Is that even possible? The answer is yes. Once upon a time, I got to speak at an event. And I was asked, there's always an uh, interview with the, the church staff. I was at, literally, I was asked in this interview, do you, would you mind wearing um, some shoes with a heel? <laughs> God can use every light of your eyes for his glory. The whole event was titled In Her Shoes. And we talked about Mark chapter two, and it didn't matter what shoes you wore, you can walk somebody to Jesus. I have loved stilettos since I got my first pair at 15 in a, in a hand-me-down bag that was left at my front door. Somebody hand-me-downed a pair of stilettos, black suede, scalloped, beautiful. I wore those things mopping my mom's floor all the time because I didn't want to be a wobbler, right? Got to practice. I have loved, loved stilettos my whole life. And God said, let's use that for the kingdom of God. A shoe. <laughs> what is it? What is it that's the light of your eyes? You thought about that when we first started. Think about it now. And wrap the word perspective, heavenly perspective around it. And it might be a tangible item. It might be a heart person. What is that? How can you lose your grip, lay it open before God and say, I don't know how this relationship is broken. This situation controls me, but father God, it's the light of my eyes and I'm going to trust you. I want you to change my eyes to the heavenly. May I focus on the fruit that you can bring from this. Don't lose the light in your eyes. Don't lose it. That's a God-given gift. 
Don't lose that. That's a blessing from God. Don't lose that. But look at it with heavenly perspective. How can God bring forth fruit from even this? I'm telling you right now, God can do it. God will do it. Open your hands and behold. That's our God. That's what he can do. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll help us to set our mind on things that are above. Lord, we are alive on earth. We are alive in the flesh. We are, we are called to live even today, even this very moment. But God, I pray that you'll help us as we live today in this very moment, that that thing that makes our eyes sparkle, I pray that you'll help us to see it and understand it in a heavenly way. Help us to understand that everything that we have is a treasure and a gift from you. And once we see it in a heavenly realm, oh, Father God, we can lay everything back down at your feet. Every dollar bill, every time on that clock, everything in our home, everything that we drive, every person that we know, everything in our lives today can be used for your glory for eternal gain father god may salvation come from even that light that is in our eyes what a joy what a joy that you've given to us that we get to do the things that we love for the kingdom of god that's an amazing beautiful gift i pray that you'll help us to look at at that light in our eyes and perceive it for your glory Jesus Christ, we love you. We thank you for dying on the cross. We thank you for paying the price of our sin. We thank you. Oh, and Jesus Christ, thank you for rising again. For in that, we have the ability to have eternal vision. Thank you for salvation. I pray salvation upon that relationship that's on our hearts right now. In your sweet and most holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you would like to receive a copy of the guide for this study, or you would like us to pray for you, send us an email at womeninseparable at gmail.com. You can find more Women Inseparable studies on various social media platforms.